people. It is Sunday, September 19th. My name is B. Hill, and this is the Just My Opinion podcast. So let's talk. Um, it's probably been a few weeks since my last podcast, so uh, let me give you a quick rundown of what's been going on. Uh, the past three weeks have been a pretty emotional, somewhat roller coaster. And I'm not necessarily an emotional dude, but uh, things happen. So within the past three weeks, I've had five people that I know personally pass away. Uh, The first three of those were former classmates from high school. Uh, Two of them were in my same class, and the third was a year behind me. But I just turned 47 in August, and knowing that these people were in my peer group and they're passing away from different medical issues, um, it really hit close to home uh, because they were my age. And to see people that you know that young pass away, is uh, it just puts a lot of things in perspective. Uh, I'm one that tries to make every day count. Uh, that's why I'm close to my parents. And that's why I try to keep my inner circle and my surroundings really tight. And my uh, friends, my true friends, they know how I feel about them. So I try to nurture those relationships because you just don't know um, what tomorrow will hold for you or your friends. Um, So having those three people that I know pass away, uh, and granted, I have not talked to either of them in a long time. Um, but still they were people I knew went to high school with we all lived in the same neighborhood grew up together uh, and one of them we played football together junior high uh, and early high school and then when I moved from Dallas to uh, Mesquite he actually transferred to my new school with me so him and I were pretty close back in high school but once I moved out of the area uh, we kind of lost touch, but he was still a good dude. And then the fourth person that passed away was my pastor, uh, Pastor Ricky Tejada. And he was the senior pastor at Covenant Church, which is my church affiliation. And that was a shock. Uh, pastor Ricky was somebody I was used to seeing. Uh, now, granted, I have not physically been to church in over a year. Um, since shortly after COVID started. And a lot of that is, I go to a fairly large church with multiple campuses. Uh, They are an extremely friendly church. They like to hug, they like to shake hands and things of that nature. And I didn't see enough uh, protocols in place for COVID for me to attend in person. Um, I love my church family. Uh, I like how sociable and accepting they are, but considering what we're going through as far as the pandemic, uh, I thought it was best for me to stream service uh, at this time. And I guess about two weeks ago, three weeks ago, um, I was seeing on their Facebook page that they were asking for prayers for uh, Pastor Ricky and his family because uh, him and his wife had contracted COVID and he was actually on a ventilator in the hospital. Uh, that was very surprising because I had just seen him. Uh, he had preached a sermon you know, a couple of weeks prior to that, 
Uh, he was a very, very nice, um, politically correct pastor. Um, and I appreciated a lot of what he said. Uh, there were some things that I didn't necessarily agree with or I felt like he should have took a stand on. But being a pastor of a non-denominational church, as well as having a very uh, diverse congregation, I can understand why he took the position he did and tried to remain neutral and politically correct at all times. But to find out that he passed away, he would have been 58 yesterday, and that's still fairly young. Uh, he seemed to be a somewhat healthy person. Uh, so that caught us off guard because my parents and I go to the same church. They were actually members before me. And when I moved from Houston back to the area, I started going to church with them and fell in love with it. Uh, but, you know, that hit really close to home because that was somebody I was used to seeing on a fairly regular basis. Uh, so as we're dealing with the death of Pastor Ricky and trying to emotionally process that, um, two weeks ago this past Friday, I got a text message uh, that really will probably affect me the rest of my life. And that was a message saying that my uncle uh, Marvin in Louisiana had passed away. And I'm pretty sure I've talked about him on the podcast before. Uh, he was only four years older than me. And him and my brother are 10 days apart. So we were more like brothers than uncle and nephew. And apparently he had a massive heart attack. Um, it was all of a sudden, from my understanding, he didn't really suffer. It was almost instantaneous. Um, but he suddenly passed away. Uh, I think it was Friday. I think it was September 3rd. Yeah, Friday, September 3rd, he passed away. Um, that has really um, hit home for me. Uh, this was my dude. This was somebody I had just talked to who I had heard from on Wednesday morning. He sent me a text message. And my mom had talked to him Wednesday afternoon. So somewhere in between Wednesday evening and Friday afternoon, when his girlfriend found his body, he passed away. Um, they, I don't think they were able to pinpoint a specific time, but it took a good day and a half to two days to uh, find his body. Um, him and I had plans. He had never been to Las Vegas. And earlier this year, I remember texting him and saying, start saving your money. I'm taking you to Vegas next year because I think that would have been something he would have enjoyed seeing. Uh, living in a small town of Tallulah, Louisiana, all of his life, he never really traveled. I think the Dallas area is the furthest he had ever been. And, uh, you know, I just wanted to kind of help him experience some new things. And we were planning that. And he was actually planning a trip to come visit uh, fairly soon. So I'm still processing his death. Uh, the fact that I know he's gone, I accept that. But we had his service last weekend. Um, my brother and I went down last Friday and helped clear out his house. And, uh, you know, we helped with the service. The service was last Saturday. And we ended up having a closed casket. So, personally for me, that was probably the best thing. But 
uh, not actually seeing the body that uh, it's not actually like finalized for me mentally uh, and I don't think I would have wanted to see the body but when you see somebody in the casket that's kind of final and I'm glad that the last memories I have of him were you know the ones where we were talking and laughing and he wasn't suffering and anything like that I still replay our last conversation in my mind constantly uh, for that first week I had a hard time sleeping um, and even now two weeks later I'm still processing it and I still look at my phone and look at our group text um, with him and my other two uncles and just the night before his body was found uh, we had our fantasy football draft and myself and my three uncles have a group text that we were texting he never responded to that group text and I figured he was either asleep or at work because he worked at night but um, no this is somebody I talk to on a regular basis uh, if we didn't talk by phone we at least text message a couple of times a week and like I said he was like my big brother so this is a huge loss for me and again it's one that I'm still processing um, I think about him every day. I miss that dude, uh, but I do accept the fact that he's not here. But it's still just the fact that we were so close in age and uh, we talked all the time. This, this has been a, a hard one to process. And the things I think about concerning his death specifically because it was so sudden. Um, his body was found in the kitchen and he was slumped over the sink with the water running. So that leads me to believe either he was rinsing dishes off, washing dishes or something like that. And I just think about what his last, you know, 10, 15 minutes could have been like because you're just one minute you're washing dishes and you have no idea that in a minute you're going to die. And that's been hard to process and think about because initially when I got a message saying that his girlfriend had found him passed out, I'm assuming maybe he was on the floor or something, but he actually died standing up at the sink, and he was from my understanding, the sink was basically holding his dead body up. And that's just um, going into the house last Friday and seeing exactly where it happened, and just put me in a really weird space but you know that's my dude I always remember that dude this is one that's this is gonna live with me for a while but my philosophy on death is it happens I'm still here I have to keep pushing I have to keep moving forward uh, that doesn't mean that I don't care um, but my life still goes on I can't sit and dwell um, in that sorrow, in that pain, and in that grief. I have to keep moving forward. That's how I deal with it. But uh, initially when I found out, I was actually on the phone with my mom, and we both just broke down and started crying because it was so unexpected. And my mom had just talked to him because they were headed to Louisiana for a different purpose, but they were gonna stop and see him. So it was my mom's baby brother. and we all took it kind of hard, but I have such an amazing family, 
and amazing friends in my uh, boss of my job with. Everybody was very supportive. And I'm fortunate to work with a bunch of licensed therapists. And I had multiple people reach out and just say, hey, if you need to talk, you know, let me know. So, and just being down there with my family was was an amazing experience. Uh, we all worked together to get everything done in a relatively short period of time. And, uh, you know, we, we accepted. Uh, we're still sad. I'm still sad. Uh, this will be with me for a long time because of, that was my boy. You know, we had plans, but... I have to keep pushing forward. I have to keep moving with my life. So, rest in peace, Marvin. I love you, dude. Uh, definitely gonna miss you. But, you know, I'll see you again one day. Uh, moving on to some other stuff that was going on the past couple of weeks. Uh, the Biden administration, I think they're basically giving the House and the Senate to Republicans in 2022. Um, there's still a huge uh, backlash from the withdrawal from Afghanistan, which I totally agreed with uh, in the fact that the previous administration had negotiated these terms. Uh, but I think the Democrats have always had a messaging issue. Uh, that's one thing that Republicans are best at, is their messaging and getting their point across to their base even if it's a bunch of lies, which we know is the case. They speak loud, they, uh, their messaging is on point, and it gets through through their base. But this administration has such a lack of messaging, you really don't know what's going on with them. Uh, because they're not loud about what they're trying to do. And by not uh, addressing head-on voting rights, is going to be a huge issue. Um, we've had so many laws passed to restrict voting in a lot of uh, states to where this administration is going to hand over the House and the Senate and what will happen is they will probably be impeached over something stupid because Republicans will have the majority. Um, so they need to get their shit together ASAP. And then it's just kind of one thing after another. Um, it just came out that uh, the military bombed a car with 10 innocent people in it uh, in their retaliation in Afghanistan for uh, the 13 service members that were killed. And of course, the president didn't aim the drone or the bomb specifically, but it's under his watch, so he's going to take the hit on it. And what Republicans are really good at doing also is emphasizing small things to make them large things to their base. And Democrats are good at defending that. Uh, you know, there's a lot of, I've been seeing a lot of messages about how uh, Democrats don't say anything about the 13 service members who died in Afghanistan, but they're quick to mention George Floyd's name and honor George Floyd, but not the 13 uh, service members that died. And, of course, the 13 service members that died are important. They're, they risked their lives. They gave their lives for the country. They were doing their job for one. You know, they're good at false comparisons because um, 
George Floyd was murdered by a cop who had his knee on George Floyd's neck for eight minutes. That's different than somebody signing up uh, for the armed forces knowing that going to war is a huge possibility. Now, that does not diminish the fact that they're gone, but it's just another Republican talking point that they use to make Democrats look bad because in all of these messages where they're saying how Democrats use uh, George Floyd as a martyr and as a hero, not one time did they name the names of these 13 service members, and that's because they really don't care. They just use them as uh, political fodder, and it's repugnant. It's a shame, but that's what they do. They lie, cheat, steal uh, in order to get their point across. Uh, so, you know, I have no respect for them in the way they choose to uh, garner the support of their uh, supporters. But again, I blame the, this administration for their lack of messaging, their lack of uh, defending themselves on decisions that are made. Uh, Democrats' messaging sucks, and I feel bad about what's going to happen in 2022. I, I really do. Um, then I saw something on Facebook that I want to read really quickly that I found very interesting and it reminded me of the conversation I had a couple of weeks ago with uh, someone and it's called How to Spot a Closet Racist uh, and the first bullet point is they're mad at kneeling during the anthem but only because it's disrespectful to the flag they never want to talk about why players are kneeling. This is because they really don't care. Uh, second bullet point is convenient amnesia. They only associate BLM with the violent protesters and looters. They seem to forget about the folks who are peacefully protesting with BLM, um, which is true, and that was part of the conversation I had. Uh, the third bullet point is they don't have a problem with all lives matter or blue lives matter, but black lives matter is divisive. And the last point was, pay attention. They seem to always bring up someone's past. Who cares about what a person did in their past if they were unjustly murdered? They don't care to know uh, the past of a white boy who shot up uh, the black church, but conveniently know everything about George Floyd. Racism is for cowards. So. Um, again, this is reminiscent of the conversation I had a few weeks ago where somebody was telling me that um, they brought up Black Lives Matter and they immediately equated that to looting and burning buildings and things of that nature. And I knew exactly where that conversation was going. And yes, I do think they are a closet racist. Uh, they won't admit it, but that's exactly what it is because they fail to see the bigger picture and even when you hit them with facts as I did during that conversation um, the facts were downplayed and then uh, I guess last week in New York three women from Texas um, they faced assault charges for assaulting a hostess at a New York restaurant because they were asked for vaccination cards. And I think that's um, 
what's going on in New York now to eat out in restaurants, to work out at the gym, uh, things like that. You have to prove that you're vaccinated. And apparently they got mad and assaulted a hostess. And it's on video. I didn't see the video, but I hope they got arrested. Uh, I hope they face stiff penalties for this. And even now, I mean, we're going into two years, a good year and a half to going into two years of this pandemic and mask wearing and things of that nature, but you still have people saying that it's a fake virus, masks don't work, Uh, it's not a law that you have to wear a mask, they're buying fake vaccination cards, and it is so tiring and draining listening to these people bitch constantly. Um, over the past several months, I've seen countless uh, people who were anti-vaxxers uh, openly on social media. Um, some of them were radio hosts. You know, they had audiences that listened to them, and they were anti-mask, anti-vaccine. And next thing you know, either they contracted COVID and they were telling people that they regret not getting the vaccine or they died and I haven't heard of one person legitimately uh, being ill uh, with ivermectin the latest GOP um, meditation like hydrochloroquine Uh, I haven't heard of one person being cured using those uh, those medicines and now what's circulating is uh, if you Google the most um, the most penalties uh, a company has paid Hold on, let me find that. who's paid the highest penalties? What company has paid the highest penalties? drug companies and they paid over a billion dollars in fines so now they're using that as a reason uh, not to get the vaccine and saying that you know it's still not safe and it's still under test phase and all of that stuff and I keep getting this from conservative people I know but they recommend this ivermectin and hydrochloroquine I was just talking to a girl the other night and uh, you know she I know we differ politically so I'd never bring it up and she was talking about she works at her doctor's office and she was trying to get them to prescribe her medication but she wouldn't say what it was and I already knew it was one of two things either hydrochloroquine or ivermectin and she was saying that the doctor she worked for refused to prescribe it to her Um, and then she was able to get it somewhere else and she finally said it was hydrochloroquine and I don't care I took the Pfizer vaccine 
if something happens to me later, so be it. Um, I just want to go on with my life. I'm, I'm just, I'm so overwhelmed with everything coming from all sides. And I'm not going to sit and listen to people bitch and complain about my job wants me to take the vaccine, but I'm not going to take it. I can't go anywhere. I don't care anymore. I really don't. I don't want to hear you know what the consequences are. Don't take it. I don't care. Just don't tell me about it because it's none of my business and I really don't care. And all of these people just saying, well, you just don't know what the long-term effects are. And it makes me think, all of the food that you eat, processed food, do you look at the ingredients on that stuff? Probably not. And most of that stuff is not good for us long-term anyway. But you don't have a problem with that. So... I'd rather listen to actual scientists who developed this this uh, drug and this vaccine over reading memes on Facebook. So all of a sudden you have so many Facebook doctors um, that's popping up. You know, I'm just I'm tired. Uh, I'm tired of the nonsense. And again, I'm to the point where I just don't care anymore. You know, take the vaccine, don't take it, I don't care. But don't come to me bitching about what you're not able to do or what your job is requiring. I don't care. That has nothing to do with me, so you figure that out. Um, especially with all of the loss I've experienced. Life is too short to be dealing with that stuff. So I don't want to hear about it. Figure it out on your own. That has zero to do with me. And stop bitching me about it because there's nothing I can do about it. Um, Idaho, uh, the number of cases, uh, COVID cases have increased significantly and they're at a point to where they are having to ration and prioritize their medical services because a lot of their hospital beds are filled with unvaccinated people. And you have people who, um, you know, maybe had a heart attack or other medical emergencies that aren't able to to get care because all of these unvaccinated people are taking up the hospital beds and there's been discussion about whether hospitals should make unvaccinated people a priority um, personally I do not think people should be forced to take a vaccine I, personally I, I don't but on the other hand there come consequences with that there are consequences so again if you can't go certain places if you can't fly um, if you can't go to restaurants to the gym and things like that or your job is required and the thing is your job has um, the right to make that decision to require it or not you don't have to work there you can try to find another job where it's not required so to say a company is making you do something is a false statement they're not making you because you have a choice either comply or leave as they have other rules and regulations you have to either comply with or leave so all of this my job is firing me no you're making a choice not to comply with their rules and that's just what it is but if you think about the number of vaccines kids are required to have just to enroll in school it's the same thing but you don't have a problem with that um, 
I, I just don't get why this is such a big deal, and I don't understand why it has become so politicized, or even just wearing a mask, why that's become so politicized, I just don't get it, but uh, we are at a point now where we are divided just to be divided, and a lot of these people, I don't even think, believe in the nonsense that they're spouting. I think a lot of these people that claim to be anti-vaxxers are actually vaccinated. I think they just want to be a part of this group. Uh, and then there's just people that are stupid. Simply that. Uh, and apparently yesterday, there was a rally, the J6 rally, uh, to support the insurrectionists from January 6th and the mistreatment uh, that they're getting in jail or even being arrested that seemed like it was a bust. They said there was like four to 500 people that showed up, which is far less than what they had anticipated. And you had people like Marjorie Taylor Greene and Bobblehead Bobert um, politicizing this and calling people out. And they interviewed a guy that was there. And, uh, you know, he was saying how the January 6th was... Um, it was non-violent and a guy asked well what about the police officers that lost their lives and he actually showed a video of the police officer who was being crushed by the door witnessing this with his own eyes he said well all the police officers had to do was back up and get out of the door as if the officer's life wasn't in danger but these are the mentally ill people we're dealing with on the other side and letter he sent. It's, I'm just so over all of this stuff and this just constant bitching and whining of this idiot and people still just support him and just I'm just tired. I'm just I'm tired of the nonsense. It is so frustrating that these people are that damn stupid. But and I just I don't have time for it um then there was a story of two teenagers I think 13 and 14 in Florida who were arrested for a conspiracy uh, to shoot up a school they had um like plans from the school and where they had marked where all of the cameras were and uh you know people that they wanted to kill and apparently 
CPS had been out to these teens' homes at least 80 times over the years, but they were never removed. And a story came out a little while ago about a baby being removed from her parents' custody because they were trying to wean the baby off of drinking breast milk and trying to get the baby on formula in the bottle. And the baby was not really taking the bottle, so they took the baby to the hospital uh, for dehydration. And CPS wanted, CPS actually took the child uh, because the parents refused to give the child the B12 shot. But yet you have two kids, teenagers, where CPS was called, or the police were called 80 times, and CPS never took custody of those kids or did anything. And that just shows you how flawed our system is. And I'll just put it out there, I don't know how much of a factor this was. The baby who uh, was weaning from breast milk is black. That family is black. And the kids who were planning to blow up a school, researching how to build pipe bombs, they were white. Just put that out there just for informational purposes only. Uh, on to some more positive stuff. Uh, I am so glad that football has started back. Uh, we have had some really good games. Just finished watching the Cowboys game. They uh, finally won one. Uh, they're one and one. It was a really good game, but uh, Kyler Murray in Arizona is killing it. I mean, he had an amazing first two games of the season, and they're talking MVP candidate um, as of right now for him. Derrick Henry, running back for the Titans, is killing it too. And I'm fortunate to have both of them on my fantasy team. And as it stands right now, I'm in three different fantasy leagues. Uh, the one that I particularly run, I should be one and one by the end of tomorrow. Right now, I have a 130-point lead on the person I'm playing against right now. And I think he only has two people left to play. Um, so I seriously doubt he's able to catch me when scoring over 200 points in fantasy football. That's a lot. Uh, in my other two work leagues, I will probably end up being 0-2 in both of those by the end of tomorrow. But it's still early. We have 15 more games. Um, so I have time to to make it up a little later. And in one of the leagues, work leagues, it's a 16-team league. So there's not a lot of room for uh, error. If you have one major injury, you're screwed um, because there's not a lot out on the, in the free agent market for fantasy. But I'm just thankful that uh, football is back. That's something to uh, take my mind off of reality and for, for the weekend. So Thursday, college football on Saturday, um, NFL on Sunday and Monday. So I'm good. This is my favorite time of the year, and we're leading into the holidays too. So I'm just looking forward to some time off. Um, not sure when I'm going to take some because we have so much going on at work right now, uh, but I think I'm going to take a day or two off, and I have to think about moving as well. That's a whole another story I'll get into uh, at another time. Uh, so this week's verbal middle finger goes to Governor Hot Wheels here in Texas, Greg Abbott, uh, and this has to do with his 
abortion ban that he signed into law a couple of weeks ago. And basically, this law will uh, force a 14-year-old girl to carry her rapist baby to term and endure delivery um, at that young age. But the state can't mandate the same girl wear a mask at school because that's too great of a burden for the state to impose. They don't want to impose, infringe upon uh, teenagers' rights um, to wear a mask at school, give them that option, but you want to force them to have a baby if they're raped. Uh, so, Greg Abbott, you get the rebel middle finger. I can't wait to vote you out next year. Um, and that started to get a lot of momentum. So, middle finger to you, Greg Abbott, once again. You've gotten this multiple times, and all for good reason. Um, and then, the last but not least, the quote of the week is, God has a way of reminding you that you need to leave certain people all the way alone. Forgive them from afar. Don't hold any hatred in your heart for them because that only affects you. But they have no business being a part of your life moving forward in any way, shape, or form. I agree with that wholeheartedly, and I'm taking my own advice. So that will wrap it up for this week. Until next week, God bless. Peace.